You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Coach Barry Sanderson, it's time to take you inside the locker room. Presented by Dr. Pepper on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into a hump day edition of Inside the Locker Room. I think we might get some rain today, Joe. A lot of people say they need some rain for that yard, so I think the rain may come in a little bit uh, later on uh, today. 205-342-9904. We had some really good calls yesterday, some new callers. I know Dad enjoyed talking to Biscuit Bruce uh, about the Yankee killer, and they did need him uh, yesterday because the Yankees did win. So if you guys want to jump in on the show, we really appreciate the the good calls. Not everybody agreed with us. Uh, Some did, some didn't, and that's fine as well. Once again, 205-342-9904. Twitter, at Locker Room 109, at Barry Sanderson, at Wimp Sanderson 1. Email for our show is wimpandbarry at yahoo.com. None of this would be possible if it wasn't for Jimmy Rain in Great Southern Wood. They're everywhere. And if you're going to build a five-star backyard, you want to do it with Yellowwood if you want it to last. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer closest to you. And when you get by there, tell them that you heard it on Inside the Locker Room and that Wimp and Barry sent you. If they say who, then tell them about the show and the great Blue Plate special that uh, he's back over 500, Joe. So I wasn't here Monday to brag on him a little bit. So we got Joe Gaither back in the studio with us this morning. So we appreciate him uh, being in with us. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Oh, have been better, but uh, it's okay. We'll talk about the baseball. I'll talk about that for a minute. Phillies uh, beat the Braves seven to six. Um, the Mariners on a three-run homer. I can't pronounce his name, but Astro guy with, with two on came back and beat the uh, Mariners. They went crazy at Houston, eight to seven. Then the Dodgers beat the Padres uh, five to three. I'll talk about my Cleveland Indians in, in just a second. Uh, today, tonight, whenever. On Fox, we'll have the Phillies and the Braves again at 3.35 today. And then tonight, the Padres and the Dodgers will play. And then uh, also, if you want to watch something else on on, uh, on, on the sports channels, uh, Louisiana, who is not as quite as good with Billy Napier gone, will play Marshall. Louisiana's 2-3, and three, Marshall's 3-2 and two, if you want to watch a football game. Um, Kansas quarterback may be out for the Oklahoma game. Uh, he probably needs to be. If Oklahoma is playing the way they're playing, that might help Oklahoma. Uh, if you are a better on who is going to win the national championship, the betting line is now on Ohio State. So if you're a guy that likes to bet that kind of stuff, uh, that's what Vegas and them are doing. Ohio State is the betting line. Arkansas's quarterback is back, Jefferson. Uh, Alabama has scheduled. I'm not going to go through them. I was thought about going through them, but I, I won't get back to Barry. Alabama plays Minnesota in 32-33. I won't be around to see it, but maybe y'all will. And there'll be 13, there are 13 series of future series of games that the athletic director of Alabama has gotten. And boy, there's some good games, and you'll enjoy them. Um, and with West Virginia, I'm sure the last two years, Nick Saban is the coach. Um, I'll tell you this story about the Cleveland Indians. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, go to the restroom. It'll take about one minute. Who's the Cleveland Indians? The Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Indians got beat last night, 
four to one by the New York Yankees. The Yankees are are better than Cleveland, and that's okay. I'm a Cleveland Indian fan, and uh, we struck out Judge three times. Uh, he's a uh, home run king. Uh, we got we got had a one run lead with a home run by Stephen Kwan, and uh, Cole was the winner for Cleveland. Uh, let me tell you this, folks, and 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 I'm, I'm not. I don't care about dating myself particularly. The last time that the Cleveland Indians won it all, won the World Series and everything, was 1948. 1948. In 1947, my mother put me on a train to Cleveland to see my kinfolks and to watch baseball. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't dare do that. She pinned $10 to my underwear, and she put a, either a blue or red comb in what, my pocket. What color underwear did you have on? I, I don't think I had much on. I didn't have much. Ooh. <laughs> so anyway, when she got that, when I, they she called the Traveler's Aid in Cincinnati, and she said, my little son is coming through there. Would you pick him up and put him in a movie so he can catch the tr- next train to Cleveland? They picked me up and put me in a movie. I was nervous as I could be. Wouldn't dare do it today. Had the $10 to my underwear, paid for the movie, <laughs> do, so forth. I got on. I don't know why I remember all that. You had a red comb in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. And so I got on the Hummingbird. The Hummingbird is the big train back then. Unbeknownst to me, and I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous, probably crying. I'm not sure, but anyway, we got on the Hummingbird. I fell asleep. Knowing, unknowings to me, the Hummingbird had a wreck, and we were very late getting into Cleveland. And when my kin folks went to the went to the depot to pick me up, they they could not they they realized they said there was a little blind headed kid running through there upset. It wasn't me. Uh, then they found out that the hummingbird w- was late. So um, uh, I saw Bob Lemon, Bob Fella, Larry Doby, Lou Boudreau. None of you guys remember these guys, and I saw a bunch of games. When I was a senior in high school in Florence, I, a buddy of mine who just passed away got out in front of the high school, started thumbing, and we hitchhiked all the way to Cleveland. Wouldn't do that today for anything. <laughs> and I stayed three weeks. I'm fixed to finish the story. We, we, we stayed three weeks, and I saw everybody I wanted to see. And we hitchhiked back. And when I got the first ride coming home, they put us on the end, at the end of the – on the outskirts of Cleveland, start thumbing. When I when I got in there, the guy said, "Would you drive for me?" And I said, "Sure." And I drove I drove all the way to Louisville, and they let us out. And if you're ever thumbing, don't ever get off in the middle of a of a, of a highway, in the middle of a city. You can't get away. You got to get you got to get on one side or the other. And so that's that's the two times I went to Cleveland. And I was I was skinny. And my my uh, grandmother gave me what they call back then pan toast, and pan toast is where you just simply put a piece of piece of bread with butter on it in a pan and you and you heat it. And I started eating about seven pieces a day, and I gained a bunch of weight. Of course, I don't have a bunch of weight on me now, but I gained a bunch of weight then. So that's my story. Uh, Cleveland in 1948. I'm gonna finish this. They won 110 games. There were 154 games, I think, that, that year. They won 110. In, in, in uh, 1954, when I was a junior in high school, we won to go to the World Series against the, the New York Giants. 
we got the bases loaded. Everything is good for a game. It looks like everything is good. We hit a long fly ball to center field. Willie Cotton Piggin Mays goes after that thing. He turns his back to the second baseman. I know I'm finishing. He turns his back to the second baseman. He turns his back to the. He runs as hard as he could. He over his head and catches that cotton picking ball and knocks out our thing. And we get beat four to zip. We don't win a game in the World Series. And so that's my story. I gotta go around the glass and wake up Joe. Joe's in there asleep. No, come on. I love coaches' stories. You just that's talk about you had the red comb in your pocket, and that's how they knew who you were. Yeah, that's right. I had a yeah. red comb in my pocket and $10 pinned to my underwear. Yeah, and we don't know what color the underwear was. No, so. I don't want to color my underwear was. I love hearing so, about what life was like back in the and day. Tell him it's not the Cleveland Indians now, it's the Guardians. No, the Cleveland Indians to me. I saw the first minority player. Get this one. Everybody says that everybody says that he was the center fielder for Cleveland. I don't go blank on his name. Lou Boudreau was the starting was the manager and the starting shortstop. He took himself out and put um, gone blank as crap on him, and put him in as the shortstop. It's the first time a minority ever played in the American League. I'll, I'll think of it. Gone blank. All right. So today, uh, Braves <laughs> games are all early. Uh, they Braves Phillies three. 30, three, they should have changed their name. 335. Padres and the Dodgers. Oh, Woo, I got it. I said that. Tonight. Woo, Dodgers are good. Mm. Dodgers uh, will win it all. The Braves got down. I felt sorry for Max they Free. They came back. Yeah, they lost seven. Max Free didn't, just didn't have his day. All right, uh, and I'm going to discuss that here in just a few minutes. But um, All right, here's a question for you two guys. Alabama football this year, um, they usually blow people out. This year they've had they have had two games come down to pretty much, well, Texas A&M for sure, the last play. And I can't remember after they kicked the field goal at Texas. Joe, was there any more plays after that? Was that the last play of the game? They had a snap or two. Texas had two snaps maybe. Two snaps. Took a field no. goal and t- or took a kickoff and then two snaps Okay, maybe. so went down to the – basically the last play uh here's my question to you guys and i don't know there's a right answer and people want to call in and you can tell me is alabama guys are they slipping a little bit or are people catching up are they backing up are people catching up to alabama dad uh, in your opinion are people just getting better or is Alabama kind of going backwards a little bit, lack of discipline on the field, transfer portals, hurt their depth a little bit? They still recruited at a high level. What's your thoughts there? No, they're recruiting at a high level. There are times that your your team doesn't come quite together the way you want it to. And I don't know if this is one of them or not. When you have a great player like that injured, you know, you, you struggle some. And um, that happened to me somewhere. I got a guy hurt, and you kind of struggle trying to get your team right. I think I think Alabama continues to be good as long as Nick Saban is there. I think the big fall for Alabama will be when Nick Saban leaves. Uh, this uh, I, this te- this this telephone thing that we do every morning, uh, we won't have to do any talking. They'll 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 be complaining. We know they don't complain on this show as much as they complain on other shows. But that it'll be one t- continuous thing there because. You can't do what he has done. The Saban Center, I presume, is 
going to be like Coach Bryant's center. And uh, so, um, I just think I think the answer to your question is they're 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 still good, very good, very very well coached. If you don't believe it, and you think you understand football, then you take a look at him explaining to Chris what they did on the last play of the game, and you will learn what football is all about. And uh, you know sometimes your teams that you have don't play as well as as, as they as you want them to. Uh, Barry, for some reason, for some reason, Ohio State has gotten their quarterback that they got from Georgia, and their other guys. No, that's not the guy. The guy from Georgia's gone. This is I'm a different sorry, kind yeah, of Stroud. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, different Stroud. I'm sorry, uh, but, but whoever they got quarter, quarterback, they're playing lights out. Joe, throw it to you. Then we get to break. Then we get to phone calls. Is Alabama backing up a little bit? This team's not not real disciplined for some reason. It's just missing. Something. So we've had two games now come down to the last play. Normally they steamroll. They would have ste- the normal Alabama would have steamrolled Texas and maybe they didn't because of uh, having a backup quarterback in there. Some of the states is Alabama backing up or are people getting better, Joe? Uh, I think people are getting better. Okay, uh, and that's maybe due to the transfer portal a little bit. You know, I know Alabama brought some guys in the running back, but they also missed on some guys that they brought in, and then they lost some guys. So it hurts your depth all the way around. Uh, there, I will take this break. Oh, by the way, before we hang up, uh, Jerry Jones, one of my buddies, just called me, and and the the minority, and I've been knowing him. I had him on my show one time when I was with Sonny. It was Larry Doby, was the Larry, first minority Larry, to play. Larry Doby. All right, he uh, passed away. Two men in a truck out at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. Where it's local, out of town, out of state, let the professionals handle it. Give them a call today, 205-247-5050. That is two men in a truck, movers who care. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, starting to see some sprinkles around the area, so just slow down and be careful. No wrecks, everything moving well, but if you see conditions, give me a call. Now's the time to go to Townsend Nissan. Amazing savings and extra cash back on your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Wednesday morning. Teacher retention, a major problem locally, statewide, and nationally. The reasons vary. Low pay and classroom discipline among the chief issues. But the biggest concern is how few college students are choosing education degrees. Alabama has a 3,000 teacher shortage this school year alone. The state is aggressively targeting high school and college students via social media, YouTube, radio, TV, and display advertising in a focused recruitment campaign. I'm Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. Hey, Tide fans heading to Knoxville this weekend? Catch Mecham Auctions in downtown Chattanooga this Friday and Saturday with 600 American muscle cars, classics. Corporate coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Coming up, Coming up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. 
Coming up on the Wednesday edition of the game, we're going to continue talking about the third Saturday of October. We've got Nick Saban press conference following practice. That will be a huge update. We'll continue with a lot of our conversation around this big game up in Knoxville, starting at 2 right here on the game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good chance of some badly needed rain today and tonight. Mostly cloudy with occasional showers and a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 76. The low tonight, 62. Dry air returns tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high, 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament, Wimp Sanderson, gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Yellowwood.com, looking for decking, columns. Deck accents, fence products, siding, whatever you need there. You want to use pressure-treated pine from Great Southern. It doesn't have the yellow tag on it. You don't want it. Right to the Yellowwood hotline. Get a new granddaddy in. Bryce, good morning, G-Daddy. What's up, G-Daddy? Not, not yet, bud. Not, not yet. yet. Sometime oh. today. Okay. She went into the hospital uh, this morning. They're going to, uh, 5.30, they're going to induce her. What's so it, sometime what, today. What are they going to call you, Bryce? G-Dad. 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 You like, like that, it. don't you? Yeah, I like D-Dad. Hey, listen, uh, Coach, uh, your UNA Lions are coming to town this weekend. Good. They're going to play at the new uh, uh, stadium, the baseball stadium where the Trash Pandas play, in then Marshall, the Jacksonville State. Yeah, Rich, Rich Ride. Yeah. yeah, Rich Ride will be here in Madison. They lost, it, really they lost in uh, two overtimes against, uh, oh, I forgot now, um, Kennesaw State. It's a K- Kennesaw State. And uh, Rich riding and beat them last weekend. Yeah, well, they're, they're, State. I don't know how good they. I don't know how good they're supposed to. I was supposed to go up there for that Hall of Fame thing. They didn't get there, but uh, hopefully they do well. Well, uh, they hadn't won but two games. They've had a hard year. Uh, yeah. You know, so, jumping up at Division One like that. I, I was afraid they would. Easy. No, it's no, it's not, sir. But uh, uh, I think Jacksonville State's having a. Either four and two or three and two or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. They've got a winning record, but uh, yeah, they're gonna uh, they're gonna do that game different. And I and I thought I heard right. They're only gonna like run the ball one way or not something because of safety. I never heard of that before. Hmm. They, well, they've been working on the stadium all week to get it ready for it. Baseball good. stadium. Good. Good. But uh. <laughs> Well, Bryce, let us know how it turns out, G Daddy. I, I, I will, but uh, Thanks, uh, I heard uh, first that the, that the uh, starting safety for uh, Tennessee uh, got arrested. He did. We, we announced that yesterday. But now I don't know what the consequences are going to be. Whether they're going to whether they're going to hold him out or not. I would imagine they'll spank his hands to tell him not to do it again. 
Somebody said it was Nick Saban calling a favor up there to the police that uh, he needed to get some of his balls uh, out of hey, there. Whatever it takes to win, Barry. <laughs> whatever right. it takes to win. All right, Bryce. Good luck. You know, we kept 16 years in a row, buddy. Yep. Good luck. Thanks buddy. for letting me talk. Y'all have a good day. Thank you, Bryce. All right, back up to the Yellowwood Hotline. Get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Tom. Barry. How are you this morning, Coach? We're okay. Good, good. We're- uh, hope you are. You know, Barry, it, it, it's interesting to me the the leveling of the competition in college. I think we see it right before our eyes, and uh, and I think that uh, the the transfer portal has really contributed to that. Uh, sure, it has. Look at look at Tennessee. You know, we we had them wrote down for dead yeah. two years ago. I mean, absolute dead. Everybody on that team, it, it seemed like, transferred. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the coach, Coach Hauschel, or whatever his name is, he uh, he rebuilt that thing through the transfer portal and uh, and a little bit of NIL and this, that, and other. Next thing you know, here they are knocking on the door of, of yeah. a, a conference championship. Well, Tom, the same thing in the same thing in the West, uh, Ole Miss. They're the only other team that has lost in the SEC. They just absolutely got all kind of transfers over there. Yeah, and they're playing good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're playing great. They got a pile of transfers. Yeah. That's what he's gone through the transfer portal, and he'll try to beat Auburn a hundred because he wants to be the new Auburn coach. <laughs> Does think he? So? In my opinion, you know, he's going to run the score up, Tom. I don't mean to get off what you said. But oh, Ole Miss going to run, run going to run the score up because that's what he likes to do, and he probably wants to be the Auburn coach. Well, you know, well, I'm not going to go into that because that's you kind of got to go in the weeds, start talking about Auburn coach. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's crazy, and uh, we, and, and you know, I was reading an article uh, by somebody the other day, and they was talking about what needed to be done at Auburn, this that. Now, here I am in the dang weeds. I'm on off of that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Barry, I think you're right. I, I think teams are starting to move into a more competitive place uh, with Alabama than they were uh, in, in the past. Don't you? I, I just feel it coming. Yeah, I just I don't know if it's, uh, you know, you take the Texas game down to the last play, Texas A&M, everybody. I mean, Alabama had every reason to blow them out now. You know, they had some fumbles and stuff like that happens with a with a backup quarterback. Maybe it did have some anxiety in his first game, but this seems like people are playing them better. It seems like this team's not not disciplined for some reason uh, yeah. right now. And people, this Tennessee line, we'll see what happens. People saying Tennessee, well, Tennessee hadn't played anybody. The line's moving down. It's down to seven and a half this morning. So. Uh, it'll all play out. We'll see, but this doesn't. Does this just look like a national championship team to you guys? It doesn't to me right now. I agree with that. I, I agree. Uh, Tom, Tom, the, uh, the, the go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the bottom no, of the the, the the bottom of the East is still still the bottom of the East, and that is Vanderbilt and Missouri. The bottom of the West has changed a little bit because you can't ever predict what Mike Leach is going to do. Uh, he's going to he's going to beat some people he's not supposed to beat, and he's going to lose to some people that, like for example, the the Kentucky game this week. Um, it's it's a confusing game. The Kentucky's quarterback is out. State has a great chance to win. So I, I think the I think the West is 
you know, kind of a balance. I think the bottom of the East is still sort of the bottom of the East. Yeah, they get you close. say that, but then you and you're right. But Missouri can play Georgia to that. Oh, they do to a game they like do. that. So that means exactly that, that the, it that's is, what I'm talking it about. It is leveling out a little bit. And wow. um, I think yeah, something else because you were talking about when Coach Saban leaves. And, and the, the but but think about this. It, it just drives me crazy to hear some of the comments that's made about uh, Alabama and, and Coach Saban. And then the next breath, I mean, they come out of a break and what they say, well, let's hear what the greatest coach in the history of football has got to say. <laughs> and then the next thing, they're, they're running them down the country for some kind of uh, freak thing that happened. And uh, and I, I, I say this. I, I want to get y'all straight. I'm going to hang up. Texas A&M was lucky to be in that game Saturday. I mean, lucky. They threw uh, that King uh, kid that played quarterback. He threw some of the luckiest passes in the second half. Uh, only second to uh, Johnny Manziel and third behind uh, Stephen Garcia. Yeah, well, but I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't agree with you. You know, they they made some great calls down at the goal line. Uh, what I would be frustrated if I was a Texas A&M fan is. Why is your team so up and down? How they play? Like you got to coach, you got to coach them better, and you got to win the games you're supposed yeah. to win. You you have enough talent to beat Alabama and to play them where you could have beat them again, but then you turn around and lose all these other games. I don't think he gets his team ready to play well, in games he should win. I think I think also Tom that the, you know we have, we go through different things throughout the year. I, I, you probably won't agree to this, but Alabama's very lucky to have beaten Tennessee to have beaten Texas, and the reason I say that is the Texas quarterback didn't play. I agree, and uh, that's the difference that. in the game. I'm, I'm not arguing about the, against Alabama or, or I, they, they were lucky, they were fortunate to beat him because the guy's a very good player and he's going against Oklahoma and killed him so. Uh, you know, it's, it's good and bad as you as you look at each game. Each game that's played that night, the key to the game is either turnovers or injuries. If you have yeah. a lot of turnovers, you go get your butt beat. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, take, you I, take I, out I Kentucky's quarterback, and they didn't even look close to the same team against South Carolina. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Tom, great stuff as always. We appreciate uh, thank it. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. All right, let's get to uh, JC before we do those to about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. 345 I talk about Prince Glover and Hayes because they're the kind of people that you may need. And if you do need them, and if you do need them, they're the kind of people that you'll enjoy being around. They have, number one, been very successful, and that's what you look for. And then under two, there are people that are easy to work with. Best thing to do is talk to them on the telephone. Tell them a problem that you have. They will in turn tell you what uh, you that you might need to do. And it may be that you need to come by 701 Rice Pine Road and visit with them personally. If you do, then they will do everything they can. And as Barry says, after I get through, if you know they don't help you, they don't charge you. So, uh, Prince Glover and Hayes, outstanding attorneys, three four five one two three four. PrinceLaw.net is the website. If they don't win, you don't pay. Listen to Tide 100.9 is the home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. This 
is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. This is Timothy Bowens with your Tide Sports Update. The Alabama-Texas A&M game dominated Week 6 viewership. Alabama coiner Eli Ricks posted a cryptic social media story to his Instagram this week. Dallas Turner is heating up at the perfect time. Alabama announced a new home-and-home series. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks and traffic moving pretty well on this Wednesday morning. Now, if you do see any conditions that folks need to hear about, just give me a call, 205-886-8886. Towns of Nissan is having a tremendous sale, great savings, extra cash back on your trade. Go see them today. I'm Captain Ray. Each week, week. D.C. and Matt Poulter will go deep behind enemy lines on Saturdays during the Tide Tailgate Show on 95.3 The Bear. Storms, the high today 76, the low tonight 62. Dry air returns tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny, the high 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. City singers singing about how they can love deeper than the oceans, higher than the stars. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room, Yellowwood.com. Go to Outdoor Living. They got inspirational galleries, backyard building tips. There's even an ebook you can download. And then when you get the project started, you want to use pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. If you're going to build it to the last, you want to use Yellowwood. All right, right to the Yellowwood hotline. He's the owner of the BigSpur.com. Got the podcast with uh, Mike Morgan, our main man, J.C. Good morning, J.C. How are you? Hey, J.C. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good to be with you today. J.C., I'm I, uh, going to talk to you about the future Alabama schedule. I changed my mind because the Alabama-Tennessee game is too big. I've got my own opinions about it. I, I, I sort of keep it. I keep my mouth shut on it because uh, I don't think people want to hear it. Uh, you're the expert. Give our listeners your thoughts about the Alabama-Tennessee game. What, why somebody's going to win and what's going to happen? Well, it, you know, it's a situation where I, I think that Alabama's obviously, you know, they can't turn the ball over four times like they did. Uh, against um, Texas A&M last week because uh, that will really, really hurt you uh, against a team like Tennessee. Uh, they're, a, they're a big momentum team. Uh, and the key, uh, I think, uh, to slowing them down is, is to have sustained drives on offense, match their momentum, you know, match their scoring. <clears throat> and then eventually, you know, uh, toward – uh, toward the end, if you get them in a third, fourth quarter game, uh, you know you, you can you can win the football game. Um, you know, I think the other idea would be if you can manage it. And Alabama's really good on defense. I think it's very fair to say this is the best defense Tennessee's faced all season by a mile. Uh, is just stop them. 
because they get to go in three and out, three and out, three and out, and you're back on the field. Uh, you know, they don't have a – I don't even think they keep time of possession at Tennessee. <laughs> uh, you know, you get an advantage there because the clock doesn't run, uh, you know, and, and their defense, which is still – you know, I was very impressed with how they played against LSU, but it's it still, I don't think, I've got a lot of questions about the defense of Tennessee. You end up wearing them out. Uh, um, so I, I think that's, uh, that's the strategy basically for everybody. Uh, I think with Alabama, obviously, <clears throat> they need Bryce Young back and, and playing and healthy, uh, you know, to give them that firepower on offense in, in case things, it becomes a track meet. So, uh, this is going to be an exciting game. I mean, it's, it's the third Saturday in October. I think my friend Josh Pate, uh, 24-7 Sports, pointed out on Twitter the other day, this is going to be a whole generation of fans that, that know what this game's about now all of a sudden because it's been so lopsided since 06. So uh, big game in Knoxville, and obviously, uh, you know, it, 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 this is kind of what you sign up for if you're, if you're an Alabama player. And, and I'll say this, too, it's uh, – uh, if you're Bama, you know, a lot of times I've, I've heard fans down y'all's way complain about the schedule. You know, we don't really have a great schedule. Well, it's, it's getting great. I mean, <laughs> you got Tennessee, you got Red Hot Mississippi State coming in the bye week, and then, you know, LSU uh, down there, uh, which is never easy. And then at Ole Miss is shaping up to be a good one, too. So it's uh, a lot of big games for Bama fans coming up. Uh, it just looks a lot harder maybe than we thought it would be uh, at the start of the year. All right, let me ask you this before Barry takes over. Uh, forget statistics. Uh, and I've, I've studied statistics, and I think this is a game of emotion more than statistics, my, my opinion. Uh, how good is Alabama's defensive backs in covering them, and how good is Alabama's wideouts offensively? As good as Bryce is? If Bryce is well, they're good. I don't think so. I think they're, I think they're good, Coach. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what the issue necessarily was last week. Um, they tended to – I mean, I guess you keep it on the ground with a backup in there. Uh, but, but I think mean, they're good. Are they as good as some of the Alabama receiving cores we've seen the last few years? I, I don't know that I'd say that now, but I think they're good enough, uh, especially uh, against Tennessee. And I, I do think, though – they could have a lot more success Saturday if Bryce is back there throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, as far as Bama's defensive backs go, it's a tough matchup. I think Tennessee's getting Cedric Tillman back. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, who called a pass against them last year uh, for about, I think, 70-something yards and a touchdown. He, he's coming into his own uh, in a major way. Uh, and then they got some of these guys that, shoot, I mean, Keaton uh, for them uh, is a guy's a four-star recruit. Uh, big time recruiting win out of Marietta, Georgia, and he's just never done much. Well, all of a sudden this year, you look up, he's got twenty catches. Uh, Brew McCoy was a was a complete fiasco when it came to recruiting because he went to Texas, then he went to Southern Cal, then he went back to Texas, or maybe it's the other way: Southern Cal, then Texas, and back to Southern Cal, and never did much. Well, lo and behold, he's their second leading receiver right now. So, five star recruit, you know, so. I don't know. You know, you got to credit Josh Heupel for taking some of these guys, but you know, either at Tennessee or elsewhere, things hadn't worked out, and molding them uh, into one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, JC, 
Alabama, I asked Dad and Joe this uh, in the first segment. Uh, they've had two games basically come down to the last play this year. Uh, the Texas game, the kick the field goal. A&M has the last play to win the game. Uh, I know there's better players around. Uh, the transfer portal sometimes hurts your depth. Maybe Alabama missed on a couple of transfers with Ricks and Harrow who aren't playing at all. My question is, is this Bama team backing up a little bit? Our team's getting better now. You look at Missouri, uh, who plays Georgia to a fourth quarter game and can be. Is, is are we getting parity now in college football? Is Alabama backing up a little bit? Or are these teams catching up? A little bit. I mean, here's the thing too. You got to keep in mind, like like I mentioned, Mississippi State earlier. They're the oldest team in college football. Yeah, I mean, they got a bunch of guys that have been around there for years, and. uh you know, in any sport, even in college basketball, the, the teams that tend to win the tournament are the older teams. Um, and uh, I think there's something to be said for, you know, a 23-year-old man out there against an 18-year-old kid, even if the 18-year-old kid's really, really talented. Um, it's just kind of, you know, one of those things. But Because um, uh, those are grown men. You know, and then, you know, 18 year olds got some work to do. And I, I think that's a big part of it. I also think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think mentally almost, uh, it's good. This is one of those years where I think it's good to have some great escapes, you know, some games where you, you thought you may lose and, whew, gosh, <laughs> we didn't play very well, but we won. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just because there is that parity, and then there's a lot of rosters out there with like six, sometimes seventh year guys. Okay, that, that that's kind of the remnants of the COVID situation, in my opinion, um, and the transfer portal as well. So, yeah, we we've got more parity. Um, I think that uh, the other thing to think about too is when backup quarterbacks play, like in the NFL, you're talking about a guy that was one of the best college quarterbacks in the country uh you're talking about a guy that's probably started a few nfl games in his career you know that's a backup in college you're going with a guy sometimes that's never played and so you know that can cause uh things to kind of go sideways as well uh just because of the discrepancy these days uh between backup quarterbacks and starting quarterbacks and i think barry that does have to do with the transfer portal because Quarterbacks especially are getting the heck out and going places where they can start. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I need you to help me. I need you to be my counselor right now. I need some help. Because <laughs> uh, I know what Dad would say, and I know what Joe would say. Uh, so I need to hear what you would say. Twitter. Uh, oh, Twitter, uh, JC. It's it's making me so mad. Um, Jalen Milrow, first start. Kid probably has some anxiety. He's not playing great. He turns the ball. People are just destroying the poor kid on Twitter. And it, it, it makes me furious. Here's when a kid needs you the most. This kid chose to come to Alabama. He's worked his butt off. Evidently, he's the second best guy. I look at Twitter yesterday. They're killing Max Freed, killing the guy uh, for not winning the game, getting off to such a poor start. Now, if you do radio, you still have to look at Twitter. Like, I get amazed when I hear people on radio, the things that have happened, and they don't know that it's happened because they don't ever look at it. How do you stay off Twitter yeah. 
but stay on Twitter where you're where you're up to date on what's going on because it's absolutely driving me insane. These people being so critical of Bill O'Brien and Jalen Milrow and Max Free. I'm so sick of these people. So I don't want to look at it anymore, but I got to do a sports radio show. Help me out, JC. How do I handle this? Well, well, Tom, I'll say this. I've been in the website business since 2004, and uh, that was about five years before we really had Twitter. What it is, unfortunately, is a gigantic message board for, for everyone. Yes. Um, and it's free. Yes. (laughs) And, 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 and people, you don't necessarily even have to say who you are, you know, yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something else. Um, honestly, it gives me a headache. I, I'm with you, Barry. I have to look at it. I, I, I try not to even tweet a whole lot. I just, uh, retweet and try to look at things and stay relevant. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's one of those things where I think with social media in our society in general, and Facebook, Facebook's just as bad, but you don't have to go and read all the comments on Facebook. But at least you, can, you know who's you putting that know. out there. You can't hide behind yeah. that, you know. So. I mean, you'd be amazed at that, too. People with their real names are just taking uh, shots and cussing players out, and then you get on their profile, and they have a, a picture of a cross and a Bible verse up there. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just, you're like, wow, this guy's got a license to just, you know, do whatever. And we've given people – I think I think it's good that everybody you know people have a voice, but I also think that sometimes um, the collective amount of voices spewing garbage uh, is overwhelming. It, it's kind of like a you ever seen uh, they dump trash out in the Pacific Ocean. Sometimes there's like thirty square miles of just garbage floating. Uh, that's kind of what it is. It's like a a big blob of garbage. <laughs> And uh, doesn't smell nice, doesn't look nice, uh, doesn't feel nice. Uh, but uh, you got to just, if you're a player, block it out and ignore it. Um, I'll tell you this just personally. Whenever this thing ends for me and uh, I'm going to the beach or the mountains and kicking my feet up, I, I doubt I'll ever get on Twitter uh, again, uh, yeah. you know, because it won't, it won't matter if I miss something. So well, that's right. I, I just, uh, I think, I think there's just, and, and it, 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 here's another thing: it, it empowers ignorance. Yes, because people are spewing ignorant stuff, and they get out there and they get a little bit of attention, and so they keep doing it. Yes, and it's just <laughs> it's one of those things. But you know, having having worked on message boards about three or four years before Twitter, uh, I think those of us in that business are kind of used to it. You know, because we had to deal with it for a long time. Uh, I don't think all of society necessarily is. Yeah, Nick Saban's the luckiest man alive. He doesn't look look at any of that stuff, and he gets to coach his football team, and he don't care about the rest of that crap. Go ahead, Dad. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I had to just uh, pick his mind. I, I um, this I'm saying this to lead myself to the to the question. I, I said that that would not surprise me at all if Alabama were to play Tennessee twice, and by that I meant that they would beat Alabama, and then they also would beat Georgia. Uh, outside of that, the other games, if they play well, they're going to win. So my question is, how good is Georgia? Uh, You know, I don't know the the score of the Tennessee-Georgia game, but they'll be in the game. Uh, Is this the Georgia team having lost as many players as they lost, but the expectations being where they are? What what kind of team do, do do we see in Georgia? 
I still think they're really good. I, I think because of the start they got off to, blow, they blew out Oregon, blew out South Carolina, looked dominant doing it. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, started talking about how they were better than last year. You know, and I think that's, you know, to Barry's point, a t- Twitter overreaction, right? Um, but I, I think Georgia, as good as they are defensively, uh, you know, could be successful stopping or slowing Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and then with the way Georgia plays offense, you know, it's kind of a ball control deal. I mean, I, I think they match up pretty well uh, with them. The, the thing is, if you look at the Tennessee Georgia series historically, um, since since I guess Fulmer left, and, and Tennessee's kind of been wandering through the wilderness, uh, they do better in Athens than they do in Knoxville against these guys. Uh, and that game is in Athens. So uh, I think last time they won was on that Hail Mary from Josh Dobbs in Athens. So uh, it's just something about Georgia when they go up I-75 to Knoxville, they tend to play really, really well. Um, when Tennessee comes to their place, they tend to not. Now, uh, obviously this year it won't be a, well, Tennessee's a two-touchdown underdog, you know, in Georgia sleepwalks. It'll be a big game. Um, so, you know, I, I still think they match up well with them. I think Alabama matches up well with them. You know, for the life of me, I, I don't, I watch most of that LSU game. Uh, and, and this is what you can't do against Tennessee if you're Alabama, Georgia, Vanderbilt, whoever plays. You cannot fumble a kickoff. You cannot turn the ball over. You cannot play sloppy on offense. Uh, you cannot go three and out. I mean, or, or you're dead. I mean, that's just the, that's the case with any tempo team. Guys, that was the case when you played Missouri when Josh Heupel was the OC at Missouri. <laughs> I mean, Missouri'd run up the score on you in a heartbeat if, if they got the momentum, but you got to do something to seize their momentum. And Bama and Georgia are good enough to do it. But, you know, like I said, you can't go out there like LSU did and fumble around and stumble around and look uninspired and run the ball up the middle and pray. I mean, <laughs> that was basically what LSU did. So um, I think Bama and Georgia both – uh, are equipped to take them down, but, you know, it's going to come down to what happens in the game. Do they turn it over? Can they move the ball? Uh, all these questions we all have uh, when it comes to the actual game once it kicks off. Uh, uh, Barry, deserves yeah. to go instead of me, but go ahead, Barry. I, I got something. Right, I want to ask you this, J.C. Like, you know Nick Saban doesn't allow his coordinator to talk to the media, except for the very beginning and then at the championship game. So, during the broadcast, Gary Danielson said that Bill O'Brien said that Jalen Milrow has problems. And I'm not going to get exactly how he said it. Throwing the ball to the outside is what he said. Uh, that's one pass that he has not mastered yet. Now, you know that uh, Gary Danielson and Bill O'Brien met. You know, that's what these guys do. These TV guys come down. They meet with these guys. I think that was very uh Poor decision for Gary Danielson to to share something like that. What Bill, I'm sure Bill O'Brien would not want that out there. Uh, what they talked about in house there. Did Gary Danielson, if that's what happened, did he make a mistake there by by sharing that with the with the audience on CBS at, during the game? Well, I I just think it depends on you know how does Coach O'Brien feel about it. I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't I don't think you need to. <laughs> you know, give away the game plan or the, the strengths and weaknesses of the team, you know, because uh, that's going to help the opponent if somebody picked up on it. But, you know, the, the, those conversations, I've never been into one because I don't really do TV. But, 
you know, my friend Mike Morgan does, and they meet with coordinators yeah. and coaches and all that. My guess is most of it's fair game. So if there's an issue with it, uh, maybe, you know, Coach O'Brien probably next time should have said, hey, don't repeat this on the broadcast, but, <laughs> you know, here's the deal. I, Gary Danielson, to me, is not a guy that's sinister or, you know, I think he's pro-coach. You know, you got some folks out there that are anti-coach. Yeah. I think he's pro-coach. I'll, I'll agree. And so I don't think he would do anything intentionally. Yeah, and I don't know the man personally, but, I, you know, I, I don't think he'd do anything intentionally to hurt anything. But that's, that's probably something where next time you just say, hey, this doesn't need to be on the broadcast, but here's what's going on. Yeah, because you know if he's sharing that with you, it's true. So when you put that yeah. out there, then teams are going to say, all right, let's let's kind of check for that, see if he can, and I don't know what they can do to scheme against it. But uh, I'm sure Nick Saban certainly – I mean, we all know when we coach our players, we all kind of know what their weaknesses are, but their opponents don't, and we certainly don't want to rehearse yeah. them, uh, in the, in the, especially on a guy that hadn't played that much. Now, when a, you get a uh, a deal like Bryce Young where they played so much, they picked his game apart. They kind of know his strengths and weaknesses, but a guy that's only played a game and a half – uh, you want to mm-hmm. take a little longer to figure it out. So I thought it was, I thought it was, I don't know that he did it on purpose, but I thought it was a poor choice of words, uh, to, to give to the, to the listening audience. Uh, Bryce, oh, I know we got to go, Bryce. Um, JC. JC, I'm going crazy. <laughs> JC, um, um, Auburn, uh, in the last two games has, has, giving themselves less of a chance to win by going on fourth down against Georgia and by throwing a fourth and ten pass against LSU. Ole Miss, and I hadn't called Jimmy to ask him, and I'm going to. Uh, Ole Miss game uh, is a 15-point game, according to the bookies. And uh, it is the last game that they will play prior to being open uh, before they play another game. Um is it smart on Auburn's part that they have nobody on the staff that can take his place? And hopefully they won't because he's going through a tough time. Is this a deal where now that they're going to be open that they, if they make a, would they make a change then or would they stay with, would they stay with him throughout the year? I know they're going to make a change. What's your thoughts? Yeah. I, I was actually talking with a, an Auburn buddy of mine about this earlier in the week. And, uh, we were talking, well, who the heck would be the interim? Because uh, Harson's got kind of all his guys. I mean, would yeah, that's right. So you kind of look at it like Zach Etheridge or Cadillac Williams or no, though you know somebody that's played at Auburn, you know, taking oh. over, and then oh, who's going to call? Them? I mean, th- there's enough staff there. I mean, you could there's probably an analyst or two you could get to step in as a coordinator or whatever, but it would be a very very hard. Yeah, the coordinator's going to Georgia. <laughs> My yeah. Bobo. So, yeah, Mike, Mike. See, last year you had Mike Bobo and Derek Mason sitting there. Yeah. Uh, and so those guys could, uh, you know, they both have SEC coaching experience. Either one could have stepped in and, and guided them the rest of the way. But, you know, there's just not, you know, there's not a lot of guys that make sense right now when you look right. at it. So uh, I, I don't know if Auburn can stomach another big loss like that. Um, and, and especially when you, when you talk about the, the gambling and going forward on fourth down, you know, everybody loves you when you, when you gamble and it works, you know, less miles <laughs> is an example of that. But when it's not working and it's just in situations that you can't explain very well, 
yeah. where, 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 where keeping momentum is just so important. I mean, they did it against South Carolina last year. Um, yeah. They were up 14-7, running all over them. Uh, they had a fourth and 10, uh, and they called a big of a pass play down the field, and it was incomplete. Gamecocks ended up tying it, ended up winning the game. Uh, and, and a lot of people blame Mike Bobo for that, but I found out later Mike Bobo did not make that call. That is a head coach call. And um, so, <laughs> with that said, you know, Harson's what, 0 for 3 in those situations? Sure. Uh, it, it, when things like that start happening, when it's directly related to coaching, you know, the clock, I think, gets accelerated a little bit because people just straight up don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think I think maybe if they – it's a close game at Ole Miss, uh, and his decisions don't cost them anything. Uh, maybe he uh, survives, but uh, right. it, uh, I, I don't know that they can afford a, a, a bad one. Yep. All right, J.C., tell everybody about your podcast, all your great info, where they can get it. Sure. I got the J.C. and Morgan College Football Podcast. I'm actually having to – there's some edits I had to make to it, so I'm in the process of getting that up later today, and you can get that on uh, Apple Podcast. uh Spotify, you know, wherever you get podcasts, you get JC and Morgan. Thank you, thank you, JC. Thank you, JC. Appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. All right, have a great week. All right, there, JC. We appreciate Back. it. Does that mean when he edits his podcast, there's some stuff said on there he don't want on there? Yeah, it's not live. I mean, I guess some people's podcasts are live, but then then they just replay them, right? Joe, help me here. Yeah, it just depends on what the, the format is. We do ours live and, and just just put it right out. Uh, yeah. But some people just do theirs in the studio and they clip it and make it make it nice and pretty and send it out. Yeah. So maybe somebody said a curse word or something. He didn't want it in there. All right, Alabama one. You're looking to purchase the vehicle of your dreams. We got a special going on, but guys, it's going to end at the end of this month. So go ahead and take advantage of it now. You get zero percent. I'm sorry, one point nine nine percent APR. You can extend the loan term out, make the loan longer. It makes the price cheaper. With the interest rates sometimes now, that's not a bad idea until they go back down. Up to $250 cash back in 60 days of no payment. That's quite a deal. They're going to pay you, uh, not make you pay for two months, let you have a longer loan term. Get the, get more truck for your buck. Also, I think Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want to go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer closest to you. Look forward to talking to Bill uh, Cameron at 815 with the Auburn Report. Take your phone calls when we get back. If you guys want to jump in, 205-342-9904. Joe, should I get off Twitter? Can you get off Twitter and be on radio? You can. I'll show you how. All right. Please. Give us a tie 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan traffic, so they're seeing an increase in the rain in the area. East Tuscaloosa County is getting a lot of showers. Down in the Demopolis area, heavy rain, hail, and strong winds. So stay alert, drive carefully. If you see conditions, give me a call. Towns of Nissan is having a tremendous sale. Extra savings and top dollar for your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. With Taco Casa, you know, it's not really fast food because it's made fresh every day in the store. The quality hasn't changed. The consistency hasn't changed because even the Tide 100.9 app. A Town Square Media Station. 
Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room. Presented by Dr. Pepper on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into the second hour of Inside the Locker Room as we kick off the 8 o'clock hour. Let me thank Andrew Knifer. Uh, Andrew is my Allstate insurance agent. Anytime I need anything, he takes great care of me. If I text him now, he'd be calling me back in five minutes. Every time I need something, he's right there for me. Make the change. I made the change over a year ago. It's been absolutely outstanding. Andrew's up at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 in Northport Home. Life Auto. Whatever you need, 205-722-9201. Go to the Andrew Conifer All-State Facebook page. All right, get to the Andrew Conifer hotline, and we'll bring Curtis Moore into the show. Good morning, Curtis. How are you, my man? Good morning. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Hey, how are you? How y'all doing? How are you doing? Hey, I know, yeah, I've been, I know it's been a while since I called, but I'm a faithful listener of you, too. So, yeah, so... Hey, I just had a question for Coach, though. Um, okay. Coach Sanderson, I keep hearing you saying that you believe that Tennessee is going to be in Atlanta. And I just want to ask you, is that based off of do you believe that they're going to beat Georgia, or do you think Georgia will lose to, I guess, Mississippi State? I just want to get you to kind of elaborate why you believe that. My, my uh, thoughts are if they were to beat Alabama, I'm putting an if by that. Um, okay. If they were to beat Alabama, if uh, I think they've got a great chance to beat Georgia, and if they do, and Alabama continues to win the West, I don't think anybody can. Of course, Alabama has to beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss uh, to be in good shape in the West. But outside, and that is a big game. Now, the rest of them in the West can't can't catch Alabama. Uh, if that's the case, then Alabama would play Tennessee in Atlanta. Uh, if if for something happened, Alabama lost to Tennessee. I think that Tennessee would have enough momentum to beat Georgia, even though it's at Georgia, and then that would that would mean that Alabama and Tennessee would play each other in Atlanta. Now that's a uh, hey, that's a big if, but it's it's radio talk is all it is. <laughs> just you know, so well, that, even if, is, yeah, if, I think you just said if Alabama were to beat them, but Georgia, I'm sorry, Tennessee wins out. Uh, in the SEC, they're going. So this game really, because they get Georgia head-to-head. So if you win head-to-head, then that's all that matters. And yeah, Georgia would sure. have one loss as well. Sure, sure. Uh, there, Curtis. Georgia's, uh, Curtis, look at their schedule here. They've got Vanderbilt, uh, Florida, and Jacksonville. They have Tennessee at home. They are at Mississippi State and at Kentucky. Uh, and then they finish up with Georgia Tech. So they still have some some tough games there to play as well. I was kind of eyeing that Mississippi State game, Georgia, because it was in Starkville with the bells and everything. It ain't gonna be yeah. easy. <laughs> no, no, it won't. It won't be easy at all. I tell you what they do. Mississippi State, uh, when it's when it's third and, and and five, and they need a first down, they do the best job with the, the outside pass, a little quick pass to get to five yards of any team in the league. I think. I think they do great on third down. Uh, Curtis, what's your thoughts about Alabama? You think they go up, uh, the line's going down. Uh, I think Tennessee wants to beat them so bad. But I do believe 
I do believe Tennessee has a quarterback capable of beating Alabama. I've been very impressed with Hendon Hooker, not just on the field, off as well. Uh, really, really bright young man. I, I love he and Bryce Young both, but uh, and he's he's a guy that doesn't get too high, too low. I don't think the moment will be too big for him. So that as an Alabama fan, that worries me a little bit. Uh, Alabama going with just your thoughts about this game, Curtis. Thoughts on the game is, um, and you're right. I, I definitely agree with you about Hooker. That guy is great, man, and um, I mean, there's no doubt about it. he's been doing his thing. But um, you know, Alabama to me, I don't see Alabama. A lot had to go in, in, in that way for for that game last Saturday to be closed. Alabama's not going to turn the ball over four times. I don't believe. Will Will Riker's not going to be missing kicks and two kicks and all that. Yeah. And um, you know, I, yeah, it's just. And then, you know, on the flip side with Tennessee, you know, you look back at Pitt. They, they, I know it was at Pitt. I know it was the second game, and teams are trying to figure themselves out. But, um, you know, Pitt is not a world beater. They just got beat by Tech. And, and then you have Florida. Um, I think their quarterback is suspect, that Richardson kid. Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion, though. And he did pretty well against that defense. So, I mean, you know. Everything, you know, Alabama fans, I mean, we're, we're thinking this is gloom. And, and, and like I said, Tennessee's a great team. I'm giving them the credit. But, you know, I, especially if we have Bryce, um, I think we got a good shot. But Why is this team, be- Curtis, you, you follow it closer than Dad and I do, and I appreciate the messages you send me on Facebook. Why is this team so undisciplined, do you think? You know, Nick Saban normally can get their attention. It seems like this is an, is an undisciplined team for some reason. What, what, why do you think that is? You know, maybe it's hard to put my, my finger on. I mean, because we know how Coach Saban is. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 that is just puzzling to me. And you know what? It's not just one or two games. I agree. I mean, it's just something they just can't shake off. But you know what? They better get it right. <laughs> they better get it right. Because yeah. if they don't, that, that's going to be one of the reasons why they lose the game and slip up. So. I can't really put a finger on it because I know they they have to be going over this in, 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 the, in the meeting room. Yeah. You know, I know that they have to be. Uh, you know, the Toa Toa thing, I, things like that, that, that was the worst one, man. I, yeah. I did not get that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I and mean, he's a leader. He's a freaking senior. Yeah. Like, come on now. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that maybe they think they're going to show up and just be teams because maybe they're listening to show, social media. And maybe they just figure when they get off the bus that they can beat teams and they can get away with, you know, winning with, you know, being a knucklehead about it, you know, these penalties. That's just my guess, though, because I have to know these coaches are going over. Yeah, you know Coach Saban doesn't tolerate it. And you know he's trying to coach it. And hopefully it'll it'll turn. Curtis, man, I appreciate you, uh, your perspective on everything. Uh, don't be such a stranger oh. calling in. Thank I want. I want to leave one last thing. Um, I'm still. I'm. I'm I want to be the bus on the uh, Bill O'Brien um uh, show here. Hey, I know people don't like him, and that people will be like, "Hey, what the hell are you talking about, Curtis?" But hey, he doesn't do all the fumbling and all these turnovers and all that. So everyone is just talking about, "Oh, he's not doing a good game plan and this and that and the other." I mean, let's say uh, what's his name doesn't do the fumbles and you know the kicks are made. I don't think they would be beating up Bill O'Brien, but see, I don't pay attention to all that. Yeah, it just well, they they do that to every they do that to every offensive coordinator that's ever been there. They did it to Mal Moore when he was coaching for Coach Bryant. Yeah, what I don't understand is they, they say, well, he, he hadn't developed Milrow. Okay, well, if you're going to go with that, 
then he developed the Heisman Trophy winner. So you can't have it both thank ways. You. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> th- thank you, Curtis. All right, you take care. All right, buddy. Uh, Curtis, you know, uh, uh, yes. Barry, uh, looking at teams uh, that are interesting to me, I think uh, I think the Big 12 has really had a, a pretty good year. Oklahoma's got fallen on their face, but TCU has played so much better, and Kansas is just unbelievable what Kansas has been able to do with their team. And and to think that Georgia Tech could could beat Pittsburgh and come back and beat Duke in an overtime, and Duke is darn good for Duke, uh, is amazing to me. The key guy who has gone in there to take the team over is certainly gets a lot of credit. And um, and the other thing, I certainly got to give Duke a lot of credit for being a lot better than they have been. I think so. I think it's there. Some of these teams that are so-called basketball schools. Uh, North Carolina's played okay. They're, they're playing Duke this week, and I think the other two teams that um, have played well, they're they're leaving the Pac-12. But uh, I think UCLA and you and, and Southern Cal, Southern Cal plays Utah this week. I think um, are two teams that uh, kind of have, have, have done a lot. I know UCLA has, but the teams that you think about when you think about teams that have done well this year as opposed to those who've done poorly yeah it's amazing sometimes you make a co- coaching change just a different voice uh in the locker room uh can change a can change a season normally it doesn't but it looks like it has this year and i mean i hear what you're saying about uh it being the week off with brian harson and and auburn and i'm pro coach but he's made some in-game decisions, you just scratch your head wondering if he's even trying. And my question yeah. is, if you know he's not the guy, then why? Whether they play, whether they play Ole Miss, whether they beat them, get blown out. I mean, what does it really matter if you know he's not the guy? Then are you just trying to buy time to the end of the season because there's no? Well, I think just, Barry, I think the problem that you're having, I am going to call Jimmy. I don't know what Jimmy will tell me. Because uh, I don't know he knows everything. People. People, Bobby Lauda was the big guy when I was growing up. Uh, is that um, there's not anybody? If if there's a head coach that they're looking at, if it is a if it is an Ole Miss coach, if it is a whoever, they can't they can't dinker with them right now. And if they're looking for somebody that's a name that's successful, uh, Lane Kiffins or people like that, not necessarily him. I just said that. Um, they can't talk to him. So to me, you, it's almost that you go through the season with who you have. That's, 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 I wonder that's if they thought. if they brought Brian Harson in and said, "Hey, we're going to make a change, but we'd like for you to coach out the season." What he would say? Would he coach out the season? Say, "All right, I'm going to do it for my guys," or would he say, "Hey, let's let's go on, let's get this thing over with now. I'm not going to come back." I'd be curious to. Know how that would turn out. All right, let's take this break. We'll get Bill Cameron, and we can ask Bill some of those questions as well. Royal Cleaners, they want to make life easy for you. Everybody's extremely busy these days, so they'll come to you, pick up the laundry, get it all cleaned up, deliver it right back. If you want to drop all three locations, University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, in Norport, or 4851 Rice Mine Road, give them a call today, 205 391 Zero zero three four for all of your cleaning needs. Royal Cleaners, tell them you heard it on Inside the Locker Room. Listen, Tide 100.9 is the home of Alabama sports. 
Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Wednesday morning. Teacher retention, a major problem locally, statewide, and nationally. The reasons vary. Low pay and classroom discipline among the chief issues. But the biggest concern is how few college students are choosing education degrees. Alabama has a 3,000 teacher shortage this school year alone. The state is aggressively targeting high school and college students via social media, YouTube, radio, TV, and display advertising in a focused recruitment campaign. I'm Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan traffic, so they're seeing an increase in the rain in the area. East Tuscaloosa County is getting a lot of showers. Down in the Demopolis area, heavy rain, hail, and strong winds. So stay alert, drive carefully. If you see conditions, give me a call. Towns of Nissan is having a tremendous sale. Extra savings and top dollar for your trade. Go see them. I'm Captain Ray. Hey there, folks. Head Fry Cook Bob Baumhauer here, and I just want to say thank you for allowing Baumhauer's Victory Grill to serve you for 40 legendary years. When I first delivered out... Coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking... Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good chance of some badly needed rain today and tonight. Mostly cloudy with occasional showers and a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 76. The low tonight, 62. Dry air returns tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high, 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. All right, we'll get right up to the Alabama One Hotline. He's with ESPN 106.7, the drive down in Auburn, Opelika, every weekday, 4 to 6. I'm sure they got a lot of coaches uh, down there helping uh, Bill out during the week. Bill Cameron. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Hey, Bill. How are you guys? How are you both doing? Uh, we're okay. You doing all right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The knee's getting better. I was just telling Joe, I just, uh, I could use a little sleep. I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening. Just, uh, um, the older I get, the less, the less easy it is to get to sleep. But, uh, maybe, maybe I, I, I'm not tossing and turning because of the, uh, the, the situation down here. <laughs> but yeah, you got, you're, you're right, Barry. I mean, I, uh, we could put together a really good sized search committee just from our callers. Yeah, Bill, I was, uh, <laughs> I was down in Florida, um, and I, but I was watching the Auburn game. I wanted to watch a great game, 
and they get the ball in the 50. It's a defensive struggle. Both teams are playing well. Auburn doing well. Why in the world do they run a fake punt? Uh, was it a fake punt or four, well, they went for it on? Yeah, fourth, that fourth. was a, no, it was yeah, it was a fake punt. Yeah. It was a fake punt from your own thirty-four yard line. Yeah, from your own thirty-four yard line. First of all, I know, I know, I know you're stretching the truth a little bit because you said you wanted to watch a good game. You thought you thought that a thirty-point line game was going to be a good game. Um, Brian Harson said, I mean. Uh, you know, Brian Harson said, well, they got the look they wanted from Georgia. Even Kirby Smart said, you know, uh, it took a great play. The problem is, it took, when you draw it up on paper, it was a perfect play, but all you had to do was have the guy who was lined up there as the punt protector block one player. The problem is that that punt protector is a backup offensive lineman, and he's supposed to block an all-American linebacker in open space. So on paper, that's a great play. And I think that's part of the problem that you have at Auburn. Sometimes things on paper look really good, but that's not paper out there on the field. Yeah, I just – it's a – you play your strength. Your strength is your defense. You don't – and that totally changed the whole game. I mean, LSU did it against Tennessee. They're on the 50. I, there was like a minute to go yep. in the second quarter, and they go for it on fourth and ten and give Tennessee the short field there. They go down and score. I just – some of these decisions, I'm not a coach or a football coach, but common sense would say you're not going to give Hendon Hooker the ball to 50 with 50 seconds to go in Auburn uh, if you want to play to the strength of your defense. Or Georgia, you know, they're not an offensive juggernaut. I don't know. Just have you guys had any calls about that, I guess, this week about that call? Some. I mean, there, there's still more. One of the things that – has has changed so many sports, not just football as analytics. I mean you've got you've got so many people that now rely so much on the odds and the analytics and it's like you don't have that feel or you don't really point. uh you don't know exactly what's what's really going on with the flow of the game. You've got to you, you've got to realize where it is and what the momentum is and can be, and I think there are too many people that want to be that cold, uh, let's look at it completely analytically, and uh, that's great maybe in, in a video game, but, but in, in reality, in real life, with, uh, with, with, you know, with, with real live players, I just don't think that that's always the way to go. I, I, I'm not against analytics at all, but I think you can't just rely on them. Yeah, great point. You got to have feel at some point, Dad. Uh, Bill, this is a, a, a big weekend because uh, Ole Miss is good, and uh, it is going to be uh, an open date for Auburn when the game is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, based on that, I haven't talked to Jimmy, um, uh, and I don't. Hopefully, that nobody hurts this. I, is this a weekend that things could happen, or is this a weekend that they just going to slide on through it? If something well, that, happens, that all gets beat. It it is a weekend, Wimp, that a lot of people have been looking at and saying, if you're going to make a change during the season, this would be yeah. um, this would be the most logical time because there's an open date coming. It would give uh, it, it would give time for there to be some adjustment to the staff, whoever the interim coach would be. Bringing up some uh, uh, some coaches either from you know from the staff as as analysts or uh, GAs or things like that and moving them onto the field or, or filling it however um, so so it it 
it does make sense that if you're going to do it during the season, there's been some rumbling that, well, maybe there's not such a rush to to do this um, right now. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of go back and forth. I don't see uh, a big disadvantage. If you know you're going to make a change at the end of the year, I don't see a big disadvantage to doing it um to doing it midseason when you have a little opportunity to try to bring a staff together the biggest disadvantage is the disruption of the of the for the players i think that's i hear i hear more of that from former players who've ever been involved with a coaching change midseason that that's that's something that they really have a tough time getting over uh i think as far though uh in in many cases for the future of the program to try to move the program forward it's sometimes more beneficial to go ahead and and you know cut those ties and and try to and try to let recruits know that all right yes now you don't have to ask are you making a change their next question is going to be who the coach is but at least they're not going to be asking are you going to be around or is the coach going to be around next year yeah my uh, only thought for Barry gets back with you is there's not anybody on the staff that uh, you you know at, at Miss Wisconsin they picked up somebody at Nebraska they did had they had, were were comfortable there putting somebody right. on uh, and I don't know that they're very comfortable putting somebody on and if they're going after a name coach with a decent record that that coach is probably coaching Saturday you know somewhere right I would think so, so. You, yeah and you can't you can't you can't dinker with him uh, publicly you can. You're dinking with him behind the scenes with his with his agent, I'm sure, but um, that, that's the factor there, I think. It is now. If you do make a change, though, and there's any whispers of of uh, any talk between the school and another coach, at least it's above board. You don't have the uh, you don't have that stigma of well, you've still got a coach while you're if if there's some talk about. Uh, hey, hey uh, so-and-so has been contacted or that. And I guess the other possibility, uh, there's been, been a lot of questions about, you know, um, the possibility perhaps now of Matt Rule. Uh, I, I wonder how interested is Matt Rule in jumping right back in when he's got $40 million coming his way, whether he coaches or not. $40 million? Yeah, he gets $495,000 a month. Yeah. For like how many? It's like years. It four yeah, it years is. or something it's like four that. Years. Yeah. It's four years. It's four four and a half years because he had a oh seven year deal, <laughs> and he had two. It was two. It was two years and two and a quarter years into his seven year deal. So yeah, he's got forty million dollars. So I expect him uh, to, to be back in college where he's done a great job. You know, at Temple and Baylor. Uh, taking programs that were just at the absolute bottom and making them double-digit winners, but I wonder what you know how big a hurry he's going to be. He's got plenty of time to sit back and take the best job that's available. Plus, he's never coached in the Southeastern Conference or recruited in the SEC. But he is an interesting name to sort of consider that isn't coaching right now. But you're right about sure. the, the 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 guys who are going to be coaching this weekend, and you're also right. It's not an obvious choice of well, who would be the interim coach if Brian Harson is uh, is let go? Yeah, uh, Bill, how good is the Auburn job? Um, you know, I think it's in a good area for recruiting. You can recruit state of Alabama. You can be in Georgia uh, very easily. You can get into Florida. Uh, I do think they have a 
tremendous fan base. Uh, I'm not sure about the facilities. You'd have to tell me about that. I guess they're building a new football facility there that'll mm-hmm. be as good as anybody's. Um, you know, you talk about the people meddle with the people there, the coach down there, where that happens. And how good is this job? Is it one of the top? I don't know, five or six jobs in the SEC. Where do you rank it? Tell me what your thoughts are. Well, I mean, Auburn has been and still is. I mean, they're they're one of the 15 winningest schools. I think they're 14th or 13th or 14th winningest all time in college football. So, so yeah, it's it's still a good job. There's no question. Um, the thing everybody wants to talk about is all the folks meddling. Well, I mean, I I think in a lot of places there are people that if they are prominent you know, contributors, if you give yeah. millions of dollars, you expect something, at least, I don't think, I don't think the, what people don't understand is it's not necessarily they're wanting to call plays, they're wanting to decide who plays in the game, but they want to be able to, you know, stop by, go in the office and and hope there's a few minutes for them. Or if there's a little inside information, they don't mind hearing that. And I don't have a problem with that. I, I understand um that you know, if 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 you're expecting a lot from them and on a consistent basis, because now with NIL, uh, everybody needs every every school is going to need a lot of money every year, and a lot of that's going to come from the same people. And if if you're expecting that from them, they're going to expect a little something back, and and that's just the way it is. So I don't think that's a huge concern for most coaches. I think coaches are going to look and go again, like you said, Barry. This is in a fertile recruiting territory. It's a program that has won. With all the craziness that, that Auburn's had, they've still won a national championship, played for another, been, been right there in the picture for another college playoff in 2017. That's all happened since 2010. So, uh, so no, I mean, uh, what Auburn needs, though, it, it needs to be the right person. Auburn people, the, the Auburn fans, they want to feel like, um, that that they can know the coach or um you know when they talk about the auburn family i what they what a lot what i think it means is they want to be able to see uh if the coach is, is at a restaurant or if he's at the grocery store or at the gas station they can say hey to him and not that he's going to spend 10 minutes with him but but he'll say hello back and and maybe you know how are you doing that kind of they want him to be part of the community yeah, and that's yeah, something that's something Brian Harson hasn't done. Gus was more part of the community. The problem with Gus was he he was always worried that somebody was going to have a camera. I think that was that was the problem with Gus. It wasn't that he didn't like people. He was just very paranoid of the media. But I think that's what all what what the Auburn folks want is they want somebody that they feel like is part of the community. One of them. Yeah, well, on a, on a smaller basis, when I was at Alabama, I felt the same. If I could just get close to the, because nobody wanted me to have the job. If I could just get <laughs> close to, no, they didn't. And I, I, if I could just get closer to the people, and, and that I that I would do better, and they feel part. And I, I'm saying that because I've, I've been through that on a smaller on a smaller basis. Hey, it it it, it built it, and it builds support for you in case. In case there's a dip or or, or a you know a, a stumble or a, a trip, then those people are going. Hey, this is this is a good man. You know, we're 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 going to stick with him. If they don't know you, it's a lot tougher for them to support you. Uh, you got uh, is is the quarterback situation with the kid from LSU to the point that his shoulder is that bad that he can't play? Where is the quarterback situation? The one they have is trying hard, uh, not you know not real skilled. 
and of course the kid from from A and M is out for the year. Is, is the kid from LSU have a chance to come back at all, or is he is he goofing? What is what is the status there? You know that that's that, that's sort of a, 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 a gray area. We really don't know the answer. It feels like I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels like T.J. Finley may be may be healthy enough to play, but I'm not sure that that his comments on social media and his dad's interview are are going to allow him to get back on the field. So yeah, I th- yeah. so I I think that's that's a factor in this, and maybe more than a small factor. So I I'm pretty sure it's Robbie Ashford again. the rest of the way. He could he might transfer again. Well, you know, you look at it. He played in fewer than four games. He's never redshirted. You know, he he played as a true freshman at LSU. He's a third year guy that that's never redshirted, so he could he could sit out the rest of the year and be a uh, you know and 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 be eligible again. So he could. We've seen um, you know a couple of players uh, decide that they're not going to land in King, who a lot of folks thought would be a big factor for this team. He's announced that he's going to uh, take a red shirt for the rest of the year. So we don't know. I mean, these guys could transfer. Uh, or, or they could be saving a year of eligibility. Uh, Tavares Dawson is another guy that, uh, we're hearing is doing the same thing, taking a red shirt. So, um, there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of folk, a lot of players right now whose status is up in the air. Do the, do the coaches make them practice when they say they're taking a red shirt year? I believe so. So I'm going to the coach and saying, coach, I don't want to play. Yeah, they want to, well. I think a couple of them are like have have said, uh, Coach. You know, I uh, I haven't played very much. I'd like to save a year of eligibility, and then Coach is going to go. All right, you're on the scout team, <laughs> and you're and you're practicing every day if you want to stay on scholarship. Wow. I I believe. Mm. Good question. Good answer. I mean, what would you do? I mean, if if, if a player came to you and said that, I don't. It, it'd be hard to imagine you'd say, "Well, that's fine. Just uh, go take care of your classes, and we'll keep you. We'll keep paying you every every month." Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that that wouldn't be me. I'm, I don't think. <laughs> uh, Bill, I, going back to my coaching question, and I think when Mal Moore hired Nick Saban. Maybe maybe Alabama and Auburn, Dad, you answered this. Well, maybe they're different jobs. Uh, I think what you described, you described what Bruce Pearl is at at Auburn, a guy who's right. out with the people. I don't think the Alabama football coach can do that or wants to do that. Nick Saban said, I'll take the job, but get get all those boosters out of my way. Uh, I got to I got to have a, basically an open checkbook, and I got to come in there and change some things. And I, you know, and he did it. And I don't think he caters to these boosters. It's what's, I mean, he may do what needs to be done, but uh, he, he just kind of has that personality. I don't think there's another guy that I could even think of that could come in and do what he's done. Say, yeah. keep all these money people away from me. Mm-hmm. I got a job to do. There's just not another person out there like that. And I don't think that kind of style fits at Auburn, does it? Am I wrong about that? No, I think you're right, Barry, and I think that's one reason why, you know, one of the names that has been uh, um, talked about so much, I just don't know if Lane Kiffin would be, would fit at Auburn because of that. Lane's more of a um, loner or a little more aloof, I, I would say, and uh, I don't think he's a big fan of the uh, glad-handing and uh, baby-kissing and things like that. So I, I think you're going to have to have some of that, somebody who is um, not uncomfortable um, with with people recognizing them and, and wanting to come up and shake their hand and, and that type thing out in public. 
Yeah. I'll tell you what, to, to both of you guys, and Barry would know this because he's been down there, uh, and you you know it because you're terrific. Uh, if if Auburn had gone through these six years the way Alabama had, you couldn't buy a cotton-picking ticket. Yeah. You couldn't get in the cotton-picking station. You couldn't, you couldn't get within 100 you, – you couldn't get to a game. They'd be so they'd be they'd be standing on the field. Be so many people there. Uh, oh, that's right. It, it'd be it, it would be unbelievable had they gone through, you know, something similar to what Alabama. No, you're saying nobody would be at the game where Auburn still supports. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I would say Alabama. If if they went through, if they did what Dick Saban did at Alabama yeah, yeah, yeah. at Auburn. You couldn't find a cotton picking ticket with a but, with a five thousand dollar bill. They pack it, play. But also, if you flipped it, if Alabama was doing what Auburn's doing now, Auburn's still selling those some of those games out. That they they were there ready uh, for Penn State. All these games. Yep. If 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 and Alabama, LSU. if out, yeah, if Alabama were doing what Auburn doing oh, in football, that's there. There'd be sixty thousand in there, uh, wouldn't there, Bill? Yeah. I think you're. I've been very. I've been very impressed with the. You know, you you hear in this. You know, social media and talk radio and things like that make it seem like, oh, nobody's going. Everybody's boycotting. And then you look out there in the stands and you go, wow, uh, the, these people. They they do care and they're going to support. They're going to support the team. They may not be happy. And I'll, I'll tell you this: if there's not a if Auburn loses by a sizable margin this week to Ole Miss and there's not a coaching change. Then the the next ball game, which will be Arkansas on Halloween weekend, um, you, you're gonna you you'll probably see a big crowd, but it's it it may be a, a rather unhappy crowd that lets their feelings known. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I was telling Dad if this is the weekend that you've decided you're going to do it, it shouldn't matter how they play, if they win, if they lose, if that's what you're going to do, because you know he's not going to be the coach. If you're going to go with him to the end of the season, just go with him to the end of the season. If you're going to make the change on the bye week, why would it matter how they played, Bill, this weekend? Well, that's true. Well, I mean, what what other, what other what the other thought is, and hasn't been talked about an awful lot, is what about the possibility that Auburn announces that Brian Harson is out but uh, can but will finish out the year coaching? I mean, that would answer your interim coach thing a little bit. I just, I just don't know. That doesn't ever seem to work out no. too, too well. No. No, I don't. I agree. Yeah. Bye, Bill. Uh, great stuff, as always, with you this morning. Tell everybody where they get your great stuff. It's The Drive on ESPN 106.7 here in the Auburn-Opelika area. You can check us online at ESPNAU.com or go to Radio Alabama and uh, go to the, and then find ESPN 106.7. Every day, 4 to 6, and we welcome uh, all callers. Have a, have a lot of fun doing it. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. it. Uh, right, sure thing. Have a great week. Good stuff there from uh, Bill. You know, I think the Alabama and Auburn jobs are just totally two different animals, yep. aren't they, Dad? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. All right. I, uh, think, uh, I agree. Let's talk about bee dry. If you it's raining out and outside today, uh, so you may get a wet basement. If you do, then go to BeeDryAlabama.com. For more than 60 years, bee dry owners have trusted bee dry for waterproofing and foundation repair service. These are outstanding people. We've had them on our show for a long, long time. They're backed by the strongest lifetime warranty in the industry. You can call them at 946-3390. But if you want a dry basement, the Bee Dry experts will design solutions that will solve your basement problem. They have these patented basement waterproofing and foundation repair products as well, and those products will go into effect 
to certainly keep that water from coming back in to your basement after they've dried it up. You have a 12-month interest of free financing, which is a good deal for you. I think that the customers who have been with B-Dry all these years, 60 years, are very satisfied with what B-Dry does for them. There's nothing more important in your home than a dry basement. With B-Dry, you have a lifetime warranty, a dry basement for life. Your floors one and two are not affected. Your basement is in good shape. So I would suggest that you give B-Dry a call. 60 years of service they put to everybody in this area. 205-946-3390. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. This is Timothy Bowens with your Tide Sports Update. The Alabama-Texas A&M game dominated Week 6 viewership. Alabama coiner Eli Ricks posted a cryptic social media story to his Instagram this week. Dallas Turner is heating up at the perfect time. Alabama announced a new home-and-home series. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. The Biscuit Shop in Essex Square, Northport, features sandwiches, bite-sized snacks, blueberry, meat, and specialty flavors baked fresh every day. Get a special 10% discount. Coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking. Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good chance of some badly needed rain today and tonight. Mostly cloudy with occasional showers and a few strong thunderstorms. The high today, 76. The low tonight, 62. Dry air returns tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high, 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I was driving through Georgia in late July on a day hot enough to make the devil sigh. I saw a homemade sign. Welcome back to Inside the Locker of Wayne's Pest Control, serving over 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since 1973. Let the good folks of Wayne's make sure your home protected from this unwanted pest this fall. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, mosquito prevention services. They also can keep that lawn looking lush and healthy as we head into the winter season. You want to get the right chemicals on it so it'll be booming for you. Uh, when it turns warm again, 866-WAYNES-1 for $60 off your initial pest control service. Uh, all right, uh, Dad, uh, with Nick Saban and Joe, I don't know if where you were when Nick Saban came to Alabama. I think it was 2007. Uh, and he came in with a real plan. You can see his first press conference. I mean, he he was... He had you at the edge of your seat. I think he had everybody in that building from the janitors all the way to the secretary. He did. He did. He was about to come in there, and things were going to change. Then the first year, they were very mediocre. 
uh, lost to a Louisiana road team. You, a lot of people are probably scratch, scratching their heads saying, this guy comes here, thinks he knows that they can't beat Louisiana Monroe. And boy, has it changed, uh, there. So, you know, and I look at Brian Kelly and people are killing him on his first year. These jobs open for a reason. Just talk about what Nick Saban came in, the demeanor yeah. he came in with, and he has freaking delivered big time. Well, it comes down to the personality of the head coach. And the personality of the head coach was to do one thing and one thing only correctly the first time, and that's recruit. And in order to recruit, he had to have everybody on the same page. And if you read John Talley's book, uh, you better answer the phone in the correct way, and that mother that hangs up better be comfortable by talking to the secretary when she's calling to talk to one of the coaches. And when you bring your kids and your and your family into the uh, buildings, uh, the floors need to be polished and clean, and the garbage cans need to be emptied, and things need to look nice. And um, the atmosphere needs to be such that you think it's a place where they will take care of your son. And those guys that work for me are going to be recruiters first and good coaches, but recruiters first, and they better like recruiting. Now, I don't know how he's organized. I knew how Coach Bryant was organized, and he was organized fine, but he didn't, he didn't go all over the world to get players. Uh, it's totally different. Uh, however, he's organized. However, he was organized. Uh, he organized it when he went more so, I think, to LSU. I don't think he was that organized at Michigan State. I think he, I think he was disgusted with Michigan State. Everybody wants to know why. Everybody wants to know why the Notre Dame coach left and went to LSU. Let me give you the answer: money, five seven million versus two million. Uh, that's the reason. Um, why did Why did he go to LSU? Money and an opportunity to do what he wanted to do. And so, to answer Barry's question, which is a darn good question, that that's in my opinion what he did. I mean, he 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 made darn sure that we're going to get players because players win games. Plays are good, but players run the plays. And um, if he he don't read he don't fool that media crap. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Now he may, you know, he may know what you wrote, but he doesn't get on Twitter or stuff like that. No, he, he's busy, he's busy trying to get trying to get his football. He don't give a crap. He, no. Uh, uh, let me say this to you, as he said one time, I'm not quoting him quite right. Um, my opinion is I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but it, I, it's almost worth, Joe, one day on a slow day, maybe an off week, playing that press conference when he the, – they it'll give you chills to listen to him talk, and then now you can look at the overall what's happened – here at Alabama, uh, Auburn can't go. There's not another guy like that. First of all, you, I don't know. You found no. another guy. There's, I don't think there's a guy out there that could come in and do that now here the way he did it. And of course, yeah, State, uh, Ohio State's close. Yeah, but this situation's so different than what it was when Nick Saban came in. It's so good. That's a different circumstance. All right, we'll take this break. Wrap up the show. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Tuscaloosa Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram, and Pearl River Resort. 
from the University of Alabama.